Welcome to the Feral Housewife podcast. My name is Sydney. I can be found on Ravelry as Sydney Knits. Um, if you need to email me, it's um, the Feral Housewife podcast at gmail.com. If this is the first time you're listening, welcome. I did a few uh, audio um, podcasts prior um, under the Feral Housewife podcast name. Um, so, <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, um, if you're <laughs> run on, on coffee and curse words don't bother you, <laughs> welcome. Um, I'm a homeschool mom of six children. I hosted a podcast um, uh, 12, 11, 12 years ago, uh, back when pterodactyls flew. I had, um, it was like podcasting was not really a thing in per se, um, but I podcasted and I spoke primarily of knitting. So my intention is to um, try to record with video, um, which I'm kind of struggling with in a way because I don't know where I should look on the camera, um, but we'll get there and um, share with you what's happening now um, in my knitting. When I first hosted my knitting podcast, um, and what's happening in general, um, life, I'll try to splice things in. You might hear, um, some echoes and background because as the kids come up and down the stairwell, that's happening. So last time we spoke, um, I was just recovering from the broken ankle of the failed, uh, 2020 trip. And, um, so 2020 started for me um, in the hospital and they were taken by rescue in the emergency room and um, pretty much almost towards the end was like a repeat. Um, so 2020 was a hellacious year for the world, um, but pretty well sucked for me. However, when I was traveling in 2020, I'll bring you to our first, my first FO, um, I was in uh, New England, Northeast. And I went to, um, we ended up staying an extended stay in the Brattleboro, Vermont area because um, I was in the hospital in Dartmouth, which by the way, if you have to choose a hospital, I found it to be lovely. Um, so broken ankle and all, pandemic and all, I um, went to Green Mountain Spinnery. I've never been. Um, and I don't when I went to Rhinebeck years and years ago, I don't remember their booth. I probably looked in it um, because my best friend loves their yarn. So it's possible, but I'd never knit with anything. So they have a pattern there. Um, these are little snowflake mittens and they are, um, it's not a double knit, but it's, um, you knit one mitten and then you pick up and knit the other mitten. So I chose to do it in their worsted. Um, I don't remember if the pattern called for their mohair. I used to have a thing. I was very anti-mohair. And um, as I'm speaking, I just said mohair, which cued me into the fact I don't even have my works in progress up in the yarn room with me. Who knew? Anyway, um, so uh, I had a thing against mohair. The last time I knit with mohair um, prior to 2020, 2021, um, I was living in South Florida, very close to Miami area. And mohair sucks if it's hot, <laughs> it's sticky, and it adheres to you. And like, no. So um, what I decided I didn't like was the mohair feel. So at any rate, um, I picked their worsted um, in colorways that were similar um, to what they put. I can't find the pattern up here. And um, this is embroidery. I lined it. And they are very warm, even when they're wet, they're warm, um, because, you know, that's the property of wool. Wool is delicious, right? So anyway, so these are on Green Mountain Spinnery, um, and I did enjoy them quite a bit. Um, one of the videos that you might find on my Feral Housewife YouTube channel 
is the steaking of the throwback sweater. So you don't, don't feel like you have to steak this. So this is Madeline Tosh before Madeline Tosh closed and reopened. Um, and, um, was this a kit? Well, it wouldn't really matter because they don't have the kit right now anyway. I think I put together the yarns for this. Um, so the video I show, I show how I steeped the sweater. Now the throwback sweater is written so that you can knit it as a cardigan. Um, I, ha I have not purchased it because the idea of knitting uh, um, color work back and forth um, is not something that appeals to me. Um, so I chose to alter the pattern and I think it's in my notes on Ravelry. Um, I do my, look at my messy steak. <laughs> I do my button bands with, a usually 50% of the time with, um, a backing band of ribbon that I sew kind of stabilizes the button band. And then I do front buttons and back buttons. And that is helpful. But the reason why I would not um, knit this pattern again for me is as far as fit, I lengthened it. Definitely lengthened it. Um, I went with my bust measurement according to the pattern at the time. Now, I, despite still being rather fluffy, I have lost some weight. Um, so you know, this is not a representation of this pattern, but this slope here is too much for me. Um, nothing I put on underneath feels like particularly great with this, although I love the color work. So what would I do to change it? Well, I would probably knit, um, a top down, um, in the round and, change the, um, make make a tighter neckline, make the neckline up higher, um, top down and use, try to use this repeat. So that's how I would utilize the pattern again. Um, is that a hundred percent like on my future? I'm going to do this. No. Um, I just feel like it, the raglan on this falls. I say raglan. It's not raglan ignore me. Um, the increases are worked through the color work. Um, so, uh, throughout, so it's kind of like even, so if you picture hat decreases, decreasing gradually up to the top, this would be the inverse of that. So you would be going outward. Um, so I think I would, what Oh, I'm doing a raglan right now and I will show you the yarn for that, which means I'll go out of frame for a minute. But we'll get through the FOs. Okay. So at any rate, um, this is the finished uh, throwback that I did. And I believe all the notes of the things that I did to make it happen, so to speak, are on my Ravelry page. And if they aren't, I will try to update them. And I'll link to my Ravelry page. Um, and um, yeah, none of my links are like affiliate links because like who the hell listens to me anyway. Anyway. So, um, next. All right. So we're going to look at another set of mittens. So, uh, going from, um, <clears throat> Southwest Florida or Southeast Florida, then to Southwest Florida, um, you're hearing rustling and that is like copious amounts of bags of fiber. Like, like I'm not even joking. Um, I'm moving it aside because it all came come running down. Um, any rate, uh, we went from South Florida and we're up in Vermont. So when you see the house, um, when I saw the house to purchase it, I, um, didn't actually, I couldn't walk into any of the rooms because, you know, the ankle not walking on it situation. So the first time we drove to the house, I, um, was the first like to like come here for the summer and through winter um, was the first time I had seen it. So yay me. Um, any rate, so I was super excited. Um, I, Lorna's Lace is since out of business. Um, they, um, closed down. My favorite colorway from them has always been their bittersweet. I had knit for the first time I went to Rhinebeck, which 10 years, 
uh, 10 years ago was the first trip to Rhinebeck. I had knit a pair of uh, fingerless knits in Bittersweet. I had knit the Clappetee, um, which is on knitty.com, was very popular then. I had knit one of those in the Bittersweet. I knit a slouchy beret. All this is on my Ravelry page in Bittersweet. And I knit a fingerless mitt. Um, and it was the one from the Stitch and Bitch book like years ago. And then when I was like, oh, I'm going to be in upstate New York in October, um, I need to like cover the ends of my fingers. So I had knit a cover, like, so it would flip. And then I was like, I'm going to be like extra <laughs> and knit a cover over my thumb. So I had a cover over my fingers and like it would flip back. And then like I had a little button. I went very extra. Long story short, um, I had somebody helping in my house um, when I was recovering from a knee injury. Like I sound very accident prone and I probably am. Um, they washed and felted um, those mitts, mittens, mitts, whatever. Um, and a pair that I had done in my hand spun that were thrummed. And if you're not familiar with thrumming, you, every, so often you're working a fresh piece of fleece fluff into the mitten. So it's like super cushy. So, um, and I mean, when they, and I say they felted them, I don't think, I didn't think like the water and, cause I tried to make a pair of felted clogs at that house and I could never get them to felt properly. I should have asked that person who felted those mittens to come back and like run these clogs back through because Wow. So at any rate, I had a smidge left of the bittersweet in the lion and lamb, which was my favorite from Lorna's Laces. It was a wool and silk blend. And so I just knit a basic mitten. Um, looking at the mitten, trying to recall the pattern. I would say, where did I put those other ones? Like, you were here with me too. And uh, I, my guess would be, um, cause I don't like to read the patterns off of my phone. It's too small. And, um, I did get reading glasses and like my kid told me to increase the font size, but apparently like after a certain, like my font is fully increased. Anyway, I don't like to read them off of my phone. Um, so most likely I used the basic pattern for the green mountain knitting and just only knit one. Um, so, but anyway, so those were FOs. And then I was like, I went yarn shopping and, um, the guard hairs that are sometimes in alpaca trouble me. So this is an alpaca. It's a cowl. It is the bandana cowl, which is a free pattern from Pearl Soho. And I don't know how I feel about it here. Let me, oh, pardon my obnoxious earbud. Um, I'm recording the audio portion. So um, that will be there. Anyhow, I like the way it um, fits, um, but I don't like the... Um, Alpaca has the guard hairs that are sometimes present and some yarns are more or less present. Like I'd have to dig to the bottom of the scrap basket back there. I have um, the Plymouth baby alpaca that I don't feel ever. Um, and I'm not terribly um, yarn picky. So I haven't even woven in the ends of this. Um, that's the responsible knitter that I am any rate, um, what I would do here to make this a little different uh, for me is change the yarn. Um, but honestly, I don't know if I would wear a cowl. I am a horrible uh, northern person. I hate carrying a, um, a coat or wearing a coat. I feel like when I go into the store, I'm hot and when I'm sitting in my car and the heater kicks on, I'm hot. I always feel like the kids are going to be colder than I am, uh, which is probably true. So I think I'm just better off 
I, I take, take my coat with me. I've always done that. Even in my teenagers, I would take my coat with me. So if I had an emergency and then if we were going into the city, um, when I was in college, you're outside walking around. So I have like alpaca fluff all over me. Anyway. So, um, oh, here's that mitten. No, I did not use the um, Green Mountain Spinnery knitting, uh, mitten. I used the basic mitten pattern then that's on Ravelry. Anyway, so we'll circle back to what I was in the middle of. Um, so I don't know that I would be the responsible adult to wear a cowl. I think I'd put the cowl on, leave the house, get exceedingly hot, and rip the cowl off. A uh, cowl off. Okay, so let's move on to another FO. So um, I used to never wear hats. Um, well, like when I was a kid, I, when my mom would like dress me for the snow, I'd wear hats, but I didn't wear hats as a young adult frequently. Um, it was just not my thing, but this is the broom, 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 broom. Yeah, whatever. Broom, um, Melody Hoffman, um, pattern. So it's a, um, cast on that I've not done tubular cast on and I have knit three of these um this one so like I said I had that anti-mohair feeling for a long time and um it's interesting how it did that I had my hair just puffed so I had the anti-mohair feeling and this is held I believe she calls for plotilope which is an unspun Icelandic might've been Newton, which is Swiss. Um, but at any rate, it was unspun. And then it was knit with a silk mohair. Um, what I did as I go out of frame is I wasn't sure I would like that. So for my husband, I ordered, um, knit picks had a sale and I got their silk mohair and um, you know what? Let me go grab his. All right. So I'm back. So this is his and it is the Nitpix mohair silk and, um, a Nitpix that had a little cashmere in it held together. So the cashmere yarn. Hmm. Oh, I have a little, it's on the shelf. It's like a gray. Um, I wouldn't say, pardon me as I sniffle. Um, I wouldn't say it's a natural gray. Like you wouldn't be like, Oh, that came right from the sheep. No, it's a, a cool tone gray. And then their silk mohair was kind of a modeled uh, gray and black that I chose. And so I have just a little bit of that left. And so I made him one. And then when I tried it on, I was like, oh, it, and this is, this is Melody Hoffman's as well. Um, well, not her design. Um, I was like, that doesn't stink at all. I, uh, with the mohair, it wasn't troubling to me. It didn't bother me. It felt great. Um, so I was like, I need to knit a second one of these. So I knit one in the gray. Um, but if you look at the video cast, um, the gray isn't like exciting. It's rather basic. And I had ordered this deliciously, um, named <laughs> Ponscom, I believe it is from Blue Moon, uh, fiber. And this is their Targi. So if you've ever, ever, <laughs> if you've ever ordered Blue Moon Fiber Targi, you'll know that it comes in huge hanks. I knit my Cinnamon Girl um, cabled sweater in that. And it, that's one of my absolute favorite knits. I'll have to bring it on the next podcast. So I decided I'm going to do that, but I'm going to strand it with something to make it a little more exciting. So... I stranded it with, I don't have any that I can pull from, um, a silk, hmm, 
maybe silk and alpaca, but I don't feel, it doesn't have that feel that that cowl did. So the yarn that the cow's made out of, never heard of the brand before, lost the band button, um, button band. Um, what's that thing called? Lost the band, the yarn band. It's going to come to me like in the middle of the night, I'm going to wake up and I'm like, shit, that was it. Sydney. Anyway. Um, and so that's what I chose to knit this with. This is one of my favorites. I wear this one frequently. Um, and I didn't know I was going to wear, um, hats. Who knew? I thought it was going to be irresponsible adult not wear hats. So last FO is this one, Charm of the Woodlands. Um, if you follow the Fiber Track podcast on vlogcast, uh, um, she knit one. I thought it was adorable. It's done in fingering weight. So I had yarn that I was either given in a swap years ago in Ravelry in this dark brown, um, which seems like a very respectable pair of socks would be this like chocolatey brown. And um, I have not knit it because like I don't wear respectably colored socks, I guess. Um, and then the contrast on it is from Viola. Um, so I had never used Viola yarn and I ordered some mini hanks of it to give a try. And I don't know what I was thinking I was going to make with them. I probably should journal, but I'm not responsible enough to do so. Um, so let me, so this is this little, this little bit here of yarn is not Viola. This is, I want to say sunshine. Hmm. Yeah, sunshine yarns. And this was a gradient color kit that I bought off someone's D-stash. And I was going to do something with this as the main color, but I didn't think this little mini scheme would um, work. So the Viola Knits little um, hanks are adorable. Um, and when they arrived, I think I had intended to make a green pair of socks. So I had two, it was a late night order. So I didn't calculate how much <laughs> one uses in yardage on socks. And so when it arrived, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do that, am I? And that's not going to work out for me um, to do what I intended. So I was like, let me use this little, because I mean, when New York yarn arrives, you want to use it. Let me use the um, little bit for the contrast. So this is a paid pattern. Um, I want to tell you I loved making it, but I didn't. Um, I love the outcome of this hat. So I would say I've knit a lot of color work, not an exceeding amount of color work, but a good bit. And I've knit a variety of, of stranded color work, um, traditional and some non-traditional. This piece has you carrying some pieces really, really um, long distance um, across the piece. And so it has these, there's three different, three or four different um, charts. One was the mushrooms, which I had to go with because um, I thought that would be fun for foraging. Um, there's an owl and I believe there's a deer. So maybe that's three. Um, but I was uninterested in the other options. So the color work for me in the repeats was not intuitive until I got halfway through the chart. The second half of the chart made was a little more you could get in a rhythm. Prior to that, I had to look at the chart. I separated by stitch markers. The decreases on the hat were not my favorite. You're continuing to work on the chart, but the decreases are written into the chart. And the decrease um, that the designer opted to use was it, you would rob a stitch from the previous repeat. So then you would slip two as if to knit, knit one and pass those two stitches over. 
Well, the problem with that is if you were separating your pieces, um, your chart repeats with stitch markers, you could no longer do that when you got to the point of, um, of the decreasing section. Um, and the pattern, the color work part of that was not intuitive enough for me. And <clears throat> so I have a lot going on in day to day. So I have the kids and their homeschool lessons and the house and we're in the middle of renovation and we'll get to like what's going on with all of that later. But so I don't have the business in my mind when I sit down to knit at night to really work out that chart. Um, so had I knit this 15 years ago, 12 years ago, I probably would have had a different experience with um, this top portion of the hat. Um, and had I had the bandwidth, I probably would have been like, hey, <laughs> let me let me rethink this um, this little program. The, the way I'm doing this. And I'm sorry if I move uh, around too much on, for those of you watching on the camera, I will, um, I'm putting that back. I will, I think I'm gonna try to get a chair, but you can, what you cannot see is the bag of um, fiber that need to go somewhere. So, um, so anyway, the last FO gets to fiber. Um, here is, this is a merino silk that I, uh, hand spun that was dyed Bloomin' Fiber. It's one of their, um, I don't even know if they offer it anymore. Um, the Fiber Club. Anyway, um, so I spun up what they had sent me. I think I doubled the quantity when it came. I decided I liked it. It, what it was, was primarily this purple and turquoise blend. And I knit for my eldest daughter out of my hand spun a Tompton um, garter stitch uh, hooded coat by Elizabeth Zimmerman and um, because I had knit one out of hand spun for her younger sister and she really liked the hood and she liked that I put pockets in it and so I was like okay well um, I'll spin this up for you um, and I don't even want to tell you how long like like I think I had to buy more because when I started spinning it the age she was versus when I finished spinning it, the age she was, was very different. So I finished the project for her. Um, I don't think I have, I had a little bit, I don't know where it went. You didn't see that ball of yarn fall behind, um, oh, three balls of yarn fall um, behind the basket. Um, I had a little bit left and I crocheted a around her, earphone lanyard for her like a single crochet to um so that it wouldn't tangle and um and then i had a little bit of the fiber left and i hate having little bits it feels burdensome to me so i spun most of what i had left some of what i had left i made um, little wool fairies for an art gallery that carries um, some of my art pieces and pottery for in uh, Southwest Florida and those will be going in the mail to them and then I thought it's a new year I want to get something else on the spinning wheel so let me ply up this so this is a chain ply um, a Navajo chain ply technique um, it's still a little damp um, because I um, washed it out in yesterday in the soak but I do love the way it came out so what that cleared the way for is this is a baby merino. It was um, a fleece I purchased a very long time ago. Um, and I had it um, prepared at a mill so that it was pin drafted, um, pencil drafted. 
I think pin is half of this. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> it is pre-drafted and buttery soft. This is some of what I had spun up that I knit those thrummed mittens that I spoke of that were felted was this fiber. So I have, I haven't dug through all the bags of what there is and what there isn't, but I have this and I'm going to spin this first because it's the easiest um, option for me. And it, I will listen to the audio of this. And if the crinkling is too much, I'll try um, for those, especially who are listening in earbuds. What I really want to be spinning is, pardon the crinkling, is a, I'm not going to grab it because I don't want to have too much audio like that, but um, is a fleece or two fleece that I bought at Rhinebeck this year. So um, we went to Rhinebeck this year, my best friend and I, she flew in, I drove over, I met her there and I said, I have no business buying fleece. Um, I have, I have the pin drafted roving or pencil drafted, whatever you want to call it, roving that I <laughs> bought, um, years ago that I still haven't finished spinning. Um, I don't even know if I began to, I have a Cormo somewhere here. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Um, but I found a beautiful, um, colored Merino fleece <laughs> too. So, um, we trekked like all the way back across the fairgrounds and put that in the car. So one of the items that I was most excited to get when we were in Rhinebeck or two of the things is I decided I needed project bags. I was like, I don't, I don't have project bags. Woe is me. So when I put my things in this yarn room, in this house. Um, now before you're like, Oh my gosh, your house is a yarn room. Like if it must be huge. No, this house was built in the 1700s. It is tiny. Every room is tiny. Um, the small fairy people that must've been here before the rooms must've been massive to them. But like for me being a full size fluffy person, no. <laughs> so, but there's this small little corner piece that doesn't have a closet and is, I mean, like what else? It was the sewing room of one of the farmer farm family that originated in the house and was kept as a sewing room for years. So when I put all of my fibery goodness in this room, I put all of my project bags in one place. So I have no business with a project bag. Now these are bags that were given to me that I bought that, um, whatever. So, um, but I felt that I needed project bags when I was there. So one of the project bags that I had gotten with a little matching case are cat butts because why not? I got a, um, Dalek zip up bag, but my 12 year old commandeered that because she has taken up knitting, which I'm fine with. And then I went a little crazy in matter root. So um, I will show the project bags as I show the project. So one of the things that I really wanted to see was Tidal Yarn had a pattern for high-low pullover. It has a contra contrasting, contrasting pocket. And it's one size, which I would, I kind of wanted them to be a little more size inclusive because like I am really at the border of their size there. Um, and I'm hoping because the um, current trend in patterns is to be a little more size inclusive. So I'm really hoping that's what happens there. But at any rate, um, the only way that pattern is available is through, um, is with a kit. So when I finished the hat, I cast on the high-low cardigan, um, cardigan pullover that I got there. Um, it is raglan increases. I'm going to pick up and knit the neckband. And I was just in the process of deciding, am I going to, when I separate for the sleeves here, which I'm getting to, I want to say I'm about 20 rounds from doing so. Um, when I get there, 
am I going to knit the sleeves first? So maybe leave a comment or send a message. If you hear my three-year-old, I apologize, but she's three. Um, any rate, um, do you knit your sleeve when knitting a top-down sweater? Do you knit your sleeves right away um, and then knit the body, or do you knit the body and then the sleeves? We were talking about the weight that it um, adds to the project. Um, like, do you want to hold it for the duration of the body? But in yarn calculations, isn't the sleeve one-third, each sleeve one-third of the body weight of a sweater typically anyway? So I don't know. Um, how I would normally do it, uh, a top-down raglan, is that I would knit the body and then uh, knit the sleeves. But uh, regardless, that's that's where I am with that is um, is there and it it's moving fast because it's stockinette stitch in the round which is straight knitting the needles it's on um, these are lantern moons um, and I want to say it's a five um, it feels like a five and um, I should be able to tell you if I've gotten gauged, but we're also assuming that I did a gauge swatch, which is cute. Um, so anyway, and that is in my adore this adorable matter root um, project bag. And then let me grab the other. So out of frame again. Um, so so the title yarns, and it's in this other matter root bag. I put it in here so that it wouldn't get lost on the shelf of fiber. And this is the yarn in the hank. So it's a nice gray. It has, um, it's a natural gray, actually, um, undyed natural. So which, when I mentioned the Knit Picks one, I prefer the natural look. So um, then also in my works in progress, um, there's probably more than I want to even talk about, but when I was at um, Green Mountain Spinnery, I they have a larger yarn. I'm looking on my shelf to see if I have it. It's the recycled yarn. So it's bits and pieces of what they're doing, and then it's over-dyed. And I kind of was thinking... Um, so I was going to knit my second daughter, who is the one who I had the hand-spun um, Thompson jacket from Elizabeth Zimmerman. Um, I was like, I'm going to use this recycled yarn and make her another. So I cast it on. <laughs> this is, wait, a year of progress. One year time. What, it, what do we have? It's garter stitch, so it like is a yarn eating monster. And I want to say it's not even 18 inches. It, it can't be 18 inches because I'm not at the separation point to knit from the bottom up. And I put in some waste yarn for where the pockets are going to be. Um, and I came up into the yarn area and was like, I need to find more yarn because I don't, I don't even know if I'm going to have enough yarn. And because it's over dyed with the scraps that they have, I don't know. I don't really want to go buy more of the yarn and then try to stripe it in now, which it would be an option for me because of the way I'm constructing this is I have like the two colors. So I could very easily add in another color here and have it make a little more sense but what i don't want to do is order the yarn and then not need it because these are size nine needles that it's on and um, i'm twisting the 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 joins on these um, interchangeables that i have are not my favorite they i feel like they untwist come undone a lot when i'm knitting and um in all fairness to uh, lantern moon it's probably because I don't take the time to use the little pin to tighten it um but I do like the ebony needles a lot so oh, such is life but these are on a u.s size nine 
and I've been having a lot of nerve issues in my hand and neck, which is one of the reasons I have not done a lot of pottery is trying to a lot of my all of my crafts actually and art require my hands and my hands to be functional and I don't want to um, I don't want to keep working at pottery to the point where I need surgery or something um, because um, until my hands have recovered so the size nine needles with this um, and it's knitting a pretty dense fabric because I wanted it to be more of an outerwear cardigan because it is not a super luxe soft yarn. It's certainly not scr itchy scratchy, <laughs> the itchy and scratchy show. It is not. Um, but there's always a possibility here that um, this is going to be more of an outerwear garment for her. And so I wanted the gauge to be a little more dense so that it wasn't like drafty or is that even like a thing with sweaters so we'll see we'll get to where we get and then um we'll just make it work it'll be fine um and that is in another and the final matter root um project bag it has a sheet and it clasps shut it is beautiful gray and it folds down so um has a little side pocket in there but um, they are beautiful. Um, they're not, I'm not sponsored or anything, but, um, there's just something I love. Beautiful project bag. So anyhow, so the last little not work in progress, but like acquisition, I guess would be where we are, would be, um, the Nutidin. Um, I have knit, I had knit with Plotilope years and years ago. I had watched, um, the Elizabeth Zimmerman videos, um, videos, DVDs, and she was knitting with Unspun and I thought, oh, you know, she did it. It must be the right thing to do. But new to Dan, so years and years ago, wool Miza yarn, um, was the thing and you had to like log on at these very odd hours for the shop update and like pray you got it and i had always really crappy internet at that time so it just wasn't something i could do i could either score it in someone's d stash um or like my best friend would um get it because she had decent internet so when i have thought to log in to new to din to for their updates I, the day there's an update, I forget that there is one. Um, I don't have the extra discretionary income to do so, like whatever the reason is. So um, I bought this off of someone's D stash because I wanted to try it. Um, because also I didn't want to get a sweater's quantity of this yarn and be like, what <laughs> did I do with this jinky yarn? It is not. Um, I haven't knit with it, but um, I think if I got a sweater's quantity of it, I wouldn't be upset at all. Um, so it is unspun. The person who I bought it from on their D stash had wound two strands into a ball, which is fine. So I think I'm going to, with this ball, Melody Hoffman has a pattern which used, I think she weighed her hat, was 42 grams of it, um, of the Nutidin for the wild posy hat. So I think that's what I'm going to cast on. And if not that hat, a, another hat similar. So then also in acquisitions, sorry, a yarn just didn't want to stay on the shelf there. It was like, no, I'm leaving. Um, is, oh, see, I know I, I have Norwegian friends and they're going to tease me horribly because I'm going to try. And anyway, Varde is, this, tell me these colors. Well, you probably will because you'll be like, these colors suck. Anyway, so I, um, my sweet friend in Norway sent four skeins of this. It smells delicious. Um, <laughs> said podcaster does not have reading glasses on. Um, so if the band is in English, I wouldn't know, even know. 
No, I think it's Norwegian because I'm holding it pretty far away. Um, at any rate, regardless, Norwegian or I would say Norsk wool is 100% Norwegian wool. That's my guess. So if you speak Norwegian and I read that right, like, tell me because <laughs> I'm excited. Any rate, um, I don't know what this is going to be. I don't remember what it was going to be. And uh, we'll see. So also in that um, is a sweater's quantity. Hold on. Oh, that's oh no, they're falling. Um, of an unspun um, Norwegian wool. And it has, um, I'm trying to pull it. So it is a color, I'm gonna use it for color work. And here, let me get the other one too. And um, yes, I'm smelling yarn, if you just heard me sniff. Um, it has a little bit of iridescence in it. So this, I have to weigh this out to determine it's going to have to be held doubled um, for sure. <laughs> and I, I'm going to do the something with the Nutidin first, I think, is the way to go um, before I get involved in something like this. Um, but so I'm feeling this super, super soft. If you've ever knit with the Plotilope, it is not <laughs> exceedingly soft Icelandic wool is not um, ridiculously soft and I it's not that I don't appreciate a rustic yarn I am just a pampered little brat and like soft yarn um, I guess any rate um, exceedingly soft like ooh, soft um, so I will knit the wild posy hat and then I will knit something color worky here. I am a little concerned that the little flecks of iridescence in this might be itchy, but like, you know, I'm in my mid forties. So going braless is not happening. So I think it's going to be okay. Um, so I have a few plates of this and I'm going to have to weigh it up. And she packed it like beautifully because it was in like vacuum sealed bags. So, so I know it's there. It does not feel significantly rougher at all or more rougher, more rustic, I guess is like the key word to say. But what I love about the one that I had gotten to unspun that I had gotten from Norway is I can feel some of the lanolin still in it. And that is a feature I like because I think it's going to block beautifully. So we'll see. Um, I am very excited of what this is going to become. So I had gotten um, some patterns that were on sale that were color work and they had a beautiful feather in the yoke. Some of the ones, um, gosh, Jennifer, I can't remember her last name, but I'll link it. She had a pattern sale prior to the end of the year and some of her beautiful color work designs are knit on fingering weight which I have a love for the aesthetic of the look of that. But after working this woodland charm hat in fingering weight, I am not knitting someone of my stature, a sweater in that um, and maintaining any semblance of sanity or what have you. So I actually thought that was it for works in progress, <laughs> but I'm going to share this. I, I have two more that I forgot. Well, actually, I have one more that I definitely forgot. And then when I was looking on the yarn shelf, I realized, no, Sydney, <laughs> you have two more. <laughs> so we're going to be like totally transparent and show you that other one. And when I tell you how long it's been on the needles, you're going to be disgusted with me as a person, probably. So this is another Melody Hoffman. Um, blah, 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 blah. Hold on. It is not for me. Um, it is for my eldest child. It is her, well, it has fluff, um, not fluff, but wood shavings or something on it. Anyway, it is her forager pullover. Top down, 
Um, this I opted to knit with one strand of Malabrigo and a strand of the farmer's daughter Mighty Mo, which is their mohair silk. And um, for those of you watching on the video, I have knit the entire body. I have knit one entire sleeve and I have this second sleeve to do. It would have been done in October, but I ran out of the Mighty Mo. And the Mighty Mo comes in like, I think it's 476 yards. And the idea of buying that seemed asinine to me to knit this portion of the sleeve. And I know I'm gonna have to because the two people that I've contacted on Ravelry who have like had little bits left who said they would sell it are as awful as I am with um, their Ravelry messages and don't get to them frequently. So um, I'm gonna have to just buy that to finish it. And then it will go on the shelf and be like, what am I gonna do with this? So the Mighty Mo that I had bought, um, sorry, I was distracted by this. The Mighty Mo that I had bought for it was in the colorway York, which is like a dark, um, foresty, earthy, deep, deep turquoisey green. So, um, I thought I saw another one on the shelf, which is possible. I could have been like, oh, I'll order two. I didn't. Um, so I'm going to reach out again to the two people that I had on Ravelry about the little bit that they had left so I could finish that in a more economical way. But we'll see what we end up with. And then what I looked down on on the shelf is when I lived very close to the Miami area, knitting with wool was like a luxury, but like when, honestly, when are you going to wear it? You know, where it like never, right? So, um, this was, is, could be, I don't know, a Isolde Teague pattern from her first book. I'm not, I don't remember the name of the pattern off the top of my head um in Rowan Calmer which if you are in a warm weather climate Rowan Calmer is a great option it is not really a worsted do they even market it as a worsted they have a ball band here well again if I could see I think they say it's a worsted and I want to say hmm, it's really pushing the idea of worsted. It's like um, in the way that a Madeline Tosh is a worst light light is a worsted, not Madeline Tosh light. Madeline Tosh is a worsted. It's not like Malabrigo worsted where it's really taking a bulk. Um, this is on size six needles, so it has, and I will link the pattern. I'll find it and link it. It has this uh, lace. Thought that was like a piece of the sweater coming apart and I was gonna be like oh it wants to be frogged it has this beautiful lace here I think this would be a beautiful spring cardigan am I gonna knit it um oh I forgot I even had it so so when when did I cast this on I cast this on before I moved to my um southwest Florida house which 12 10, at least 11 years so this is 12 years old uh, 11 years old I don't know how it lived in this it's it's unlike me I think to leave it in this undone situation it would either be Finished or frogged? I don't know. Do you have any? Does anyone else have this? Now, sewing projects. Yes, I had a quilt that I started when my husband and I got engaged that I didn't finish till like last year and is now on one of my kids' beds. So that sewing projects, yes, 100%. 
but knitting projects, I have never been this slutty of a knitter. Um, never, I lie. <laughs> the first like year and a half that I was like knitting seriously, I was like a completely monogamous knitter. Um, I had a very respectably small stash. Um, one day I will show you the ridiculousness that is the stash. Um, so at any rate, that's where we are there. Um, is I have this and the coral color that it is, I don't know, like it might make me more ruddy. Um, wearing the masks, as I go out of frame, for those of you who are watching on video, wearing the masks um, has given me like a great case of rosacea. So, um, is it rosacea? Yeah, rosacea. So, um, yay that, that's awesome. Um, so, where I could sometimes push that, I was really hoping I'd have like a sweet couple of years between wrinkling and acne. And then I was like greeted with rosacea. So <laughs> yay, 2021. And now we're in 2022. So I don't know. <laughs> so the gray hairs are um, a flowing, but it, it's trendy now. So my laziness of not dyeing my hair has um, come into fashion. Who knew? So that's it for works in progress currently that I found. Um, non-knitting things. Okay, so um, when I came up here, I took a basket weaving class and I was fascinated with the idea of basket weaving. And um, if you're a knitter, basket weaving usually goes faster than knitting. So that was exciting. And um, I, I gave it a try. The problem is, for me is the reeds it was not willow basket weaving it was reed um the reeds have to be wet while you're working with them so it's not a sit in front of the television or sit and listen to a podcast type of situation craft so the basket i made the first one is like a little bread basket to serve some bread at dinner i use it to store the remote controls so I got two more kits that the woman who taught the class put together and I will make those for gifts. In fact, I need to, I just reminded myself, I need to get one of them done because it needs to get done. But basket weaving begot broom making. And I ended up making my daughter's Halloween costume broom. She wanted um, to be... Uh, Sarah Sanderson from the um, movie Hocus Pocus. So we went out and we foraged from one of the apple trees, a big apple branch that was beautiful. And um, she took the pocket knife and um, shaved down all of the bark. I'm really sorry if you can hear the kids hollering in the background, and I hope you can. Um, shaved down all of that bark off of it, smoothed it out. And then I used a combination of the broom cane that was dyed a deep purple and black and natural and made her a witch's style broom. Um, I practiced the broom making technique with some weird weeds that were in the two acre pasture um, behind the the barn and i'm gonna after i discuss these like little crap projects i'll mention the house situation um because my intent is to show those uh progressional videos as they happen so at any rate i i did that with those weeds and what was funny is like those weeds had these little seeds in them so the broom would have been count totally counterintuitive to be a broom because every time it moved, all these little seeds fell from it. Um, so it, I posted the broom that I made with the weeds um, against the milk shed um, on my Instagram. And on Instagram, I am Muse Pottery. So um, I mentioned my pottery before. Uh, I am primarily an artist and potter at this point um but like i said i haven't worked with clay in a while because i've kind of been um trying to give these hands a rest so that's where i am with that but at any rate so i kind of got a little into making these brooms and i'd like to make a hearth broom 
um, and things, but we have so many house projects that I really just needed um, not to do that. So instead of not doing the broom and doing the house projects, I took a class on rug braiding. <laughs> yes, <laughs> rug braiding. And um, uh, so I have an antique rug, a braided rug, which I'm told is an American craft. Um, that was my grandmother's and so she's since passed and the rug was my mother's um I put it in my room because the dog the cat the kids on the rug would just be too much so like in the master bedroom was fine and then I have an awfully cheap reproduced um braided rug in my kitchen that's like torn it used to be in my laundry room and but I needed a different rug here while we're doing renovations um in that space because the dog puked over the rug that was there and I couldn't wash it out um so it was this horrible stench so thus this like horrible braided rug got there so I saw on a forum that someone locally was offering a rug braiding class so I took the rug braiding class and I love it well number one it involves wool and um so and it involves a stash. So like I like to wool and hoarding wool. <laughs> it totally appealed to me. So at any rate, um, the class was designed to make an oval rug that was two by three feet ish. And I think mine is larger at this point. Um, and she had this beautiful over dyed wool that she had dyed with goldenrod and she told me I didn't have to buy the whole thing that she'd remember and I could buy the rest later. Well, when I went back to buy the rest later, she couldn't find it. She had sold it. So it's, it's either, I, I either have to like totally change the exterior patterning or just like commit to whatever size it is. It is, which I don't know. We'll see what we see. Um, and then a friend of mine here, let me go grab one. A friend of mine um, said, oh, I have a bag of wool pieces that somebody had donated. Do you want them? Well, yeah. And yeah, so what I did is I started this rug with them. And actually, it should be stored flat. Um, so this is just... And this wool, like the wool that I showed you um, before and that I spoke about before, like my, is going to be um, a rug for my dining area. But that is purchased yardage, um, whether like still in a bolt, so like 60 or a braider's length of 120. This is all reclaimed from garments um wool and so it was a mismatch of what was there and this is going to be a gift um so i just have to do the end piece here and steam it out so i wash the wool um prior to um, working with it but even at that when you steam it I well, not maybe not you, but I can smell like the perfumes and things that people use, which is weird to me, but kind of relaxing. Any rate, so this one is done. Um, on my Facebook pottery page, I posted a picture of the other one um, that I need to decide what to do in the outer portion being done, and. Um, and then I just started braiding what will be a ginormous rug. Because what does one do when you take a class where you we you know, braid and lace a two foot by three foot rug? You then ask your instructor, can I make a seven foot one? Because that just seems that, I mean, like, why wouldn't you be like, I can I make a seven foot one? And she like told me she was really, really excited about it. But then she's like, I've never had a student want to make a seven foot one, <laughs> make one larger. Like, she's like, they always want to make a smaller project. Um, we'll see. It might never be done. 
<laughs> who knows? Anyway, so um, if you were only here for knitting content, I'm probably going to stray into like this home repair debacle. Um, and anyway, I'm Sydney Knits on Ravelry, the Feral House, uh, Feral Pod, let's rewind, the Feral Housewife Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Muse Pottery on Facebook and um, thank you so much for listening and watching. Again, I'm Sydney Nitz on Ravelry, on um, Instagram and Facebook. It can be found as Muse Pottery. And if you need to email me or contact me, you can do so by leaving a comment. I will try to link what I can in the show notes um, beneath um, and on my Ravelry page. Um, the Feral Housewife Podcast at gmail.com is probably the best place to reach me.